Blog Talk Radio. Stronger, and I was ready. 
Exactly. You had, you, you had a whole lot of fun. Let's not sit here and lie. You and Mars had an absolute blast as far as Ron was concerned. So you can thank me for that, too. Just just go ahead and say thank you, Shakira. I appreciate it. And we good to go. I mean, I gift wrapped that. I gift wrapped that to you. Come on. So you gift wrapped my ass, too. Gave me right away. But it's okay. I'm just saying. I mean, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Either way. But but I'm good, you know. Like I said, I, I'm stronger now, so I'm ready for tonight. Like I've been doing my push-ups, I'm ready. Okay, you know good deal. Because this, this was yeah, because this this was gonna be fun too. I promise you that. Okay, well, I think so. I already like I guess, and this will be my first time ever kind of communicating with um, with her. But I already think she's pretty cool. Just a couple oh, yes, things absolutely. that yeah, she, she's a doll, I promise you that. It's it's hilarious the way that things came up between me and LV, um, I guess about a year and a half ago, as far as that was, um, when we were in the midst of the Fifty Shades of Grey uh, phenomenon and all that other good stuff. Um, and I happened to be in one of the Facebook groups and saw her book, uh, Fifty Shades of Jungle Fever. And... I got the same knee-jerk reaction that, uh, that a lot of folks did, you know, like, oh, good grief, really, why are we doing this, you know, that type of thing. And after I got over my initial shock value, I was like, okay, let me dig into this real quick and see what's going on. And when I realized that she had done her own parody of the uh, of the of the book in the series. Um, oh, she won you. Really, she won you right over. Yes, Lord. It, it was it was so much fun. To, I'm not gonna lie to you. It was hilarious to read. Um, it had its it had its intense moments. It had its fun moments. You know, it had its sexy moments and all that other good stuff. And you know, then I hit her up behind the scenes and was like, okay, so talk to me. What's the hop? And you know, we just and then things just kind of molded and shaped from there at that point. Um, so you know, it's just and, and she's she's combined. She's combined the two most popular genres right now in in literary fiction at this point. The the, the whole interracial uh, relationships genre part, and then you know with 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 the craze of Fifty Shades of Grey, you know the BDSM genre has kind of kickstarted and gone into high gear as well. Um, so when you know, so it's, it's so when it's, when I approached her about coming onto the show, she did admit to me that this is her first radio interview, so. I get to sacrifice oh. the virgin. I get to sacrifice Uh-oh. the radio virgin tonight. So I'm just I'm I'm trying to behave as much as I can, but it is what it is. <laughs> I feel sorry but for I did her. Promise, I did promise. I did promise her that I would be as gentle as I could, unless she wanted it rough, and we oh. just play it out as we. It's go, over now. She wants it rough. You gave that option now. <laughs> it's over. Yep. So, um, if she's already on the line, um, I'd love to uh, go ahead and have her join us at this time. All right. I just want to um, go ahead and at least put the topic out there that we're going to wrap into everything um, or at least try, you know, how it happens here. But along with talking about her writing, we're going to talk about the color line. And if any of those um, misconceptions 
racial misconceptions exist in a bedroom, you know, um, the sexual acceptance is any different based on the color, any other other taboo um, topics that kind of attach to race when you think about intimacy. I kind of want to touch on that. I didn't say, you know, I touch on it. That's all. That's all she cares. True enough, true enough. I, touch and I, I move, touch and move. I'll do what I can. And um, and after we bring her on, I actually have um, I have an inbox I want to share because once I ran her promo with her book cover and all that, I got an inbox that I think um, we'd all kind of be interested in hearing, and I would love okay. to share that story with everybody. So, all right. But with no further ado. I'm going to keep L.V. waving. So let's go ahead and bring her on. L.V.? Hello. How are you? How you doing, L.V.? I'm doing pretty good. That's good to hear. I'm glad. Okay, good deal. um, Sorry. No, I said I was wondering if you did get the Moscato after all. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. And I was jamming to Jungle Fever by Stevie Wonder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Samoa, Samoa and I kind of had a meeting of the minds on that one. She texted me, and I texted her back, and I was like, you know, that's what's screaming in my ears right now. She was like, I already got it queued up, and I'm like, that's my girl. <laughs> it's pitiful, like two hosts, one brain or something going on at that moment. Yeah, I thought it was great, though. Look, that was classic. I couldn't even, I couldn't resist it. It was too much like right. But, uh, no, I wanted to say, I wanted to definitely say thank you for um, allowing us to be the first and uh, definitely staying up with us. I know you, I know you have a, I know you have the same kind of schedule that I do in terms of having to get up early in the morning. So I do appreciate it. Um, we, we both do uh, as far as spending the time with us tonight. So Yes, we well, definitely appreciate that. It's an that. honor. Yeah, it's an honor to be here on the wind down. <laughs> well, thank you. I would like to think that we're all, you know, going to enjoy this time we spend together, and we're going to touch on some things that, you know, people will be talking about tomorrow. That will be really nice. So glad you are going to share in this moment. But, yeah, um, the the first thing, you know, the first thing on my mind, uh, of course, with the with the actual uh, book in the series, because I know the second one's coming out next week, uh, I wanted to touch on the, to, to give the reader, because the, the, a lot of our listeners, of course, are readers as well, um, both in the chat room and, and, and the listeners on the line. Um, so just kind of briefly touch bases with us on the, uh, the whole Fifty Shades of Jungle Fever and the... Uh, the quadrilogy, as I understand it, I think it's a four book series. I couldn't remember if you said you said you were adding a fifth, but I know it is four books that's been planned. So <laughs> go ahead and let us know what's up with that. You know, I'm not even trying to do that whole um, slip another book in there on you thing. I said from the beginning it would be four, and that's what I'm sticking to, <laughs> unless something happens that causes me not to finish the four, but I pray that I will be able to finish the four, but it'll be four. Um, The first two books are from, well, they're the stories of Tristan White and Keisha Beale, 
Um, and the second two stories are Jada Jameson and Nathan White's stories. Okay. So that's kind of the lineup. And the um, original story, did you want me to do a summary, or how did you want to work this? I, well, you can work out however you see fit, man. Whatever's comfortable for you. Um, I just like I said, I just want to make sure that our that our listeners kind of get an idea of of you know where it, where it all came from, um, okay. where it's, where it's kind of developing towards, and you know all that other good stuff. We'll fill in the blanks as we go along, of course. Okay, that's cool. Um, the stories uh, came to be, of course. Um, the whole Fifty Shades of Grey thing was really huge, and there were people, you know, who were talking about them around the water cooler, uh, on Facebook pages, all sorts of social media, and it just went viral. And um, one night I was talking to a friend of mine on Facebook, and we were just kind of joking because we saw that there were so many parodies of this book. I mean, we were just laughing at some of them and just, you know, having fun one night. And so I was jokingly in the beginning saying to her, you know, I need to write something. I need to write a parody like Fifty Shades of Soul or Fifty Shades of, you know, Cheese Grits or something. You know, we were just <laughs> really having fun. And, <laughs> and so, you know, after we had that conversation, when I left her, I went online. I was just checking out some of the other parodies out there, just, you know, really being curious. And I saw this and I thought, hmm, maybe that's not a bad idea. Maybe I should do more. <laughs> and so that's kind of where Fifty Shades of Jungle Fever came from. It really didn't have a name in the beginning, but, you know, it was just a joke. It was something that, you know, I kind of did tongue-in-cheek. And then after that conversation, I just began to start having this storyline just wake up in my head. And I was like, okay, there would be twins, twin doms, not one, not one Christian Grey, but two guys. And, you know, I made their names white because I was like, these are going to be the whitest men ever. (laughs) 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 Just having fun with the whole thing. And I was like, okay, and they're going to be involved with these two girls in the south side of Chicago, you know, and and it just kind of just jumped off from there. And um, I think it took two months to do the first draft because I was, like, on fire. It was like the words were just coming to me, coming to me, coming to me. And it was a much shorter story when I first wrote it. And I remember doing it so fast that I thought, you know, this story bears some fleshing out. It needs to be, you know, a bigger story because too much goes on in such a little time. And over time, I ended up um, taking the story and expanding it and for one of two reasons. The first reason was it did have some plot holes in it that I needed to fill. And the second reason was I found out about um, ACX, the um, the audio exchange uh, that does audiobooks with uh, Audible.com. So when I was reading their webpage, they were saying that they preferred stories uh, 55,000 words and above, 
and situated jungle fever was only like 45, so I was like, yeah, if I'm going to do this as an audio book, I'm going to have to expand it as well. So that is kind of the genesis of how the story came to be. But um, the story takes place, uh, it's set in Chicago, as I said before. Um, Tristan White is a venture capitalist. Um, Keisha Beal is uh, two years post-college. She's gone to university um, at DePaul, and she and her friend Jada decided that they wanted to open a record Mm -hmm. store and recording studio. That was her dream. And um, as they really hashed this dream out one night, they decided, you know, we've got to find someone to to back this for us because Jada's family is in politics, but they're not, you know, wealthy. They're comfortable. Um, She put up part of the money, and Keisha got part of her money from her father's um, debt um, a couple of years before that. So they take their money, but they need much more than they have to begin this company. So they go to visit this venture capitalist. Well, Keisha does. Uh, Jada's out of town, so she ends up being in his office, and it goes on from there. They meet for the first time. They have this incendiary chemistry, and she is like, she just doesn't know what to do. She's never experienced anything like this before. And she doesn't know what his lifestyle is about at that point in time. She just thinks, mm-hmm. oh, he's a handsome guy, you know, maybe we could take it, have a one-night stand, that'll be that. But she had no clue what she was in for. <laughs> so that's the way that story begins. And then there's another storyline with Jada and Nathan. He's um, he's a pro, um, sorry, pro basketball player, and she happens to be – she has a secret that she didn't share with her girlfriend for a long time. And in the first book, um, Jada uh, tells Keisha what her secret is. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm already glued. I'm already <laughs> yeah. in. I told you, like I said, like I said, I had a, I had a moment. Where, like I said, once I got through, once I got through the whole, okay, I had to get past the first Fifty Shades part of the damn title, and get through my own little, you know, because I mean, she she knows, and probably half of the known first world knows what my what my my issue is with that. But once I got through all that and and actually got through the premise and you know all that other good stuff and whatnot, it was it was hilarious. So you know, she she was kind enough to uh, let me let me have a copy for my own review purposes. And I think I burned through that thing in probably a day and a half. I, I, I promise you it was just that fast to read for me. And, you know, once I got to mm-hmm. once I got towards the end of it where, you know, and I'm not giving away anything on that, but once I got towards the end it was like, okay, yeah, she's gonna eventually have to go ahead and get this second book out of the way just like the rest of her you know, her readers like to act a fool about. So mm-hmm. the fact that they, the fact that exit strategy is starting to kick in next week is gonna is gonna definitely uh, help with that uh, with, with with that anticipation. I promise you that. Okay, I can see that too. I'm looking but, forward uh, to getting it out there. It's been a long trek. It's been a 
a labor of love in some ways. It's like a a blessing and a curse. Um, I wrote the first book in a relatively calm period of time in my job and everything else. And then all of a sudden, after the first book came out, I ended up having an accident on my job. I ended up having all of these deadlines and work travel and all these things that started happening, and I kept having to push the book back. And then when the work situation worked itself out and I finished uh, physical therapy and all that, then I had the worst case of a writer's block known to man. I mean, it was debilitating. And for so long, I kept saying, oh, I'm going to get this book done. I know I can do this in a couple of months. I did the other one in a couple of months. And it just didn't happen. And I think things tend to happen when they need to happen because had I written it in two months like I did the first one, it probably would have been the same type of job. But I can truly say that this book, the second book, I'm really proud of it because it has come together through blood, sweat, and tears. I mean, really, literally. <laughs> so I, and, and I think it it's going to be a stronger story because it doesn't lean so heavily on the Fifty Shades of Grey um, plot points and that sort of thing. So right. I'm really, I'm really anxious to see what readers will think of the second book. Well, it'll definitely be interesting. I'm definitely, I, I see that coming at this point. Um, now, with, of course, with the, with the interracial slant on the book, um, mm-hmm. you know, everybody has their, you know, of course, everybody's going to have their, their, their proclivities in terms of, uh, of that angle as far as that is. I've always been dying to find out how you picked up the DNS part of things as far as the, you know, as far as the power dynamics between Tristan and Kriya and Keisha, um, you know, the different things that, that you had to go through in terms of, you know, she, she's from the south side of Chicago, and, you know, that, that, that can be a little rough around the edges and all that other good stuff and whatnot. So why don't you, why don't you, why don't you run through some of, the, some of the processes that you had to go through in terms of rounding Keisha into shape, so to speak? Mm-hmm. Um. In the, in the beginning, when she found out and she actually saw what he was into, it was kind of frightening for her because she'd never experienced anything like that before. And um, I remember one of the scenes that I really liked uh, in the first book was her seeing the room and comparing it to that whole scene in um, Pulp Fiction where she said she felt like she was going to be being raised. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, my God. You know, when she ran, it was like she was really seriously scared because she had never seen a dungeon before. And that's exactly what Tristan's Grotto was. It was a dungeon, and it had every manner of implement <laughs> you can imagine on the walls and all in the room, and she just, looked at it and just took off like a shot. And so part of that, I did a lot of research. I um, actually, you know, went to some of the fetish sites and I did a lot of online research because I said, you know, I don't want to do a disservice to people who actually practice 
Um, because I don't, um, I had no clue in the beginning other than, you know, reading that book that shall not be named. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, That's my you girl. Know, I just felt like I needed to get out there and get some more meat because in the beginning I had no clue what I was doing. And it wasn't until I talked to people like Shakir and other people in the lifestyle that I was able to get some feedback and get some things that I could incorporate into the second book, get some things that I could correct in the first book. And um, that's how that came to be. Um, And, you know, that type of lifestyle for the upbringing that Keisha had was kind of taboo in a lot of ways. Uh, Her mother is a spiritual woman. In fact, her mom dates uh, the pastor of their church. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. you can imagine her having to reconcile, you know, here I am, submissive to this rich white guy, and my mother is about to marry a pastor. Can you imagine all the the gamut of emotions this girl is going through, you know? Exactly. You know, she likes what happens when she goes into a grotto with him, and she enjoys it a lot. Um, She knows he's told her what the deal is. This is not a romance. This is something that I have to do for me. And if you want to go along for the ride, okay. And she, um, I I try to infuse a lot of humor uh, as it pertains to things that might have offended me as an African-American woman when I was younger. And so those are some of the things, elements I tried to put in the book for Keisha to treat them with humor rather than be that angry black woman, you know. So that's a lot of what I tried to do. And I use the fairies also for levity. Um, Keisha happens to have a fairy hoochie mama and a ghetto Mm -hmm. girl who sits on her Mm -hmm. shoulder. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> she, she sees these little entities, and they are entertaining. They are her coping mechanisms. Because there are some demons in Keisha's past, and in order to deal with those demons, these little fairies came about, and they just sort of took care of her when she was going through a very dark time in her life. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, now the. Now, as, as far as how as far as how things are taking off from that particular, um, how how without giving away too much with with exit strategy, has the okay? Has, wait, has wait, the, wait, 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 wait. I haven't uh, got to ask because LB said some research. She talked to some people. Did you visit any places in person? To do your research? No, I didn't. I just went, you know, as deeply online as I could, and I talked to people online and and those types of things. I haven't actually visited any places. Where I live is like Podunk, Georgia. <laughs> so, you know, uh-huh. and I work it. I work in Tallahassee, but I don't think there's any place like that in Tallahassee. I don't think uh, there's I any think place like that. On- I was about to say, I beg to differ on that, but that's because we, we just happen to know those things. So yeah, I, we can get with, we, we can get we can get with that later on. You know, I, okay. I'll I'll hit you to that tomorrow or something like that. Okay, that'll be great because you know if I could actually go there, it would be great because in the next book, in Jada's book, which is called Double Switch, 
Um, uh-huh. We actually have to get a little deeper into the lifestyle with her because she's hardcore. She knows what's going on. But right, I've got exactly. mm. to find somebody to model her after. <laughs> I'm sure okay. that's that, that might be that time you get to have that um, alter ego. I'm just, I mean, I'm just saying, if, that, if that's something yeah. you might want to try. Sure, that's true. Yeah, I was about to say. I was about to say between between Corey and Tula, I know they're in the chat room right now acting up as always. But as between them always. two, they'll they'll definitely they'll definitely have me on the four one one to relay the information to you without a problem. Mm-hmm. Awesome, that'd be great. That'd be great. It's nothing like hands on, kind of going in there and seeing what's going on uh, research. Because you, you can always do so much um, online. And then there's always You have to so be careful saying hands-on on this show, lady. I know. You got to okay, be careful. Let's, let's just say, um, as a married woman. <laughs> 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 My husband is as vanilla as they come. And so I have to be careful. That's why I can't say hands-on. But Not on the wind-down. Yeah, you can be, you can be more... You can, the, I think the, the proper term would be bird's eye view. Bird's eye view, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that would be great. your best situation at that point because, yeah, hands-on, the minute you say, yeah, the minute you say hands-on, you know you, you, you and I have had this conversation before, Elvie. The have. minute you say anything about hands-on or anything like that, all of a sudden the ears perk up like, oh, oh really? Yes, hands-on what type? Where do I put them? That's the rest of the yeah. question. Yeah, that's and what I'm I saying. That, that's just trying to be careful now. You know, there there are waivers that you can sign. <laughs> I know. I know, Shakira. I know. Knowing you, <laughs> yes. Um, and I should have known. Actually, when I joined the finish um, um, room online, there were people locally. And, you know, mm-hmm. I was just trying to be careful. I didn't know anybody. So it was like I wasn't going to, like, jump up and say, hey, Come meet me yeah. at um, Starbucks. Mm-hmm. Talk to me about this, you know. So yeah, I guess um, I do need to uh, be careful, and I need to say <laughs> I will uh, get references from my friend Shakir. He'll put me yeah. in touch with the right people who can help me yeah. within this persona. So. Like I said, like I said, between especially especially as far as Central Florida is concerned, I mean the Tampa area, the Orlando area. Um, Jacksonville, not so much, um, but yeah, and I think there, I think there's some in, Tall- in Tallahassee. I'm trying to remember exactly. I think there was, um, and, and more than likely they'll explain. They'll probably get me. Uh, they'll probably get me if I don't. But I think Beyond Leather, if I'm not mistaken, is in the Tallahassee area usually. But I'll have to double check that for you. Um, as far as that okay. is, that's a that's a that's one of the bigger conventions that uh, is in the that's usually on the Panhandle. So. Yeah, it's gonna be a trip. Awesome, awesome! I would love to have a bird's eye view of that. Absolutely. So now she's gotten her curiosities out of the way. Um, <laughs> for now, for now. <laughs> yes, for now, for now. Because I mean, between yeah, I know, I know, Amaja's got, I know, Amaja's lurking somewhere, so I know she's got some things. Um, so we'll we'll work that through as we as we progress along and all that other good stuff. But um, what I know what I was trying to say before I, before she kind of cut in on me, um, <laughs> the grotto. Um, uh-huh. 
which is which which of course is supposed to be akin to the the the, the I'm trying to formulate my my lips to even say the damn name of it, but uh, the red room of pain. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I um I wanted to Has give it, it a name. That I know, such... and, and, and it, it was gorgeous when you did it. I was not mad at you by any stretch of imagination. If you had said something that where you had to use a color and something else, I'd have killed you. But <laughs> that's a whole different ball game. <laughs> Um, but either way, the fact the fact that you gave it something that was a little bit more, and I won't even call it I won't even call it subdued, but it really gave it really gave me a little bit more of a of an imagery where instead of you know instead of it being so in your face with the red room of pain so to speak, having having say in the grotto kind of gives you a little bit more of a you know okay you're kind of inviting yourself into an atmosphere and then okay if some things happen while you're in there cool, but as opposed to, okay, you're getting slapped across the mouth the minute you step one foot in. Oh, Although that can still happen, but that's not exactly sure. the point. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, but that that was the, the question I had in regards to the grotto is, has it, for lack of a better term, has it grown since Fifty Shades of Growing Jungle Fever as far as where it is in exit strategy. Has it grown? Um, I, my, let me just explain this. Um, someone was asking me one time, you know, if what I wrote was um, true BDSM or if it was more, you know, I write more of romance. And so, Probably after this series, I will never, I won't say never, I may never write another BDSM slanted romance story. But this was a fun thing for me. It was a labor of love because, you know, I was really fascinated with it. And as the Guado was in the original story, it wasn't a focus of the story. The focus was, you know, Keisha dealing with these things that happened in her past and him right. dealing with, you know, the death of his mother. Um, and then the focus in in, um, in exit strategy becomes whether or not this arrangement they have, if it will continue, um, if um, the people that seem to be um, – after her and his family, uh, how how they go about finding out what's going on in that realm. Um, and they have some fun times at the grotto in this new book, of course. Um, and I right. tried to vary those as much as possible. And there's even a, dare I say it, because, you know, I, I was researching and I found this wonderful thing called Florentine Blogging. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, Lord. So you know, I had to do all the research about you know the mechanics and yeah, the mechanics. Yeah. What what type of implements to use? Uh, which weight you're gonna use to do thud or you know the thing? Those sort of things. So it was very interesting, and I had a blast really researching um, the different things that I wanted to do in the book. Yeah. So yes, the grotto kind of 
comes full circle in that, you know, you get to see more things that they do in there. But then all right. there's this whole other part of the story that goes oh, on. There's all this plot that happens. So, and then there's a wedding. Her mother is getting married. I mean, there's so much going on that the grotto kind of, and I, I hate to say, it doesn't fade into the background because when they're in there, the scenes are intense. They're pretty good. You know, I try to be as realistic as possible and not right, too cheesy, course. but it's a romance. I mean, so, hey, give me a little slack. <laughs> oh, of course. I got, look, I, I have no arguments <laughs> with it whatsoever. You, 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 like I said, we've, we've talked some, somewhat at length on a few things and, you know, so it, it, I already know. I'm just kind of drawing things out for the rest of my for the rest of our listeners uh, to kind of give them a, an idea of you know what they're what to look forward to, especially with the second one coming out next week. So that's you know that's where I'm kind of leading along with these questions for the most part. Uh, now, okay. and, and you know, in speaking of that particular, uh, in, in terms of that that romance kind of. Uh, What's the word I'm looking for? My God, it's just been that kind of night. Um, as far as it flirt, as far as it flourishing and, and kind of you know just developing on its own and, and really becoming more and more intense as things as things progress. Um, is there going? You know, is it? Do you see where it? Do you see yourself where it may kind of develop out of control for you, where you you thought you were going to go in one direction and then you know they kind of take it in a completely different mark. Um, or is it just something that you just really, you're just going to go ahead and control no matter how badly you want to? Um, there was, uh, there were moments that I was really stymied as to how I wanted things to play out because at the end of the last book, you know, um, some things happened and um, they kind of went in different directions for a minute. And then, as the new book began, I wrote to a certain point, I think I wrote about eight chapters, and then I had to stop and do work things and all that. And when I came back to it, I was really stymied as to how this was going to happen because he was so adamant about it not being anything except an arrangement. This was, you know, you're a submissive, I'm your dominant, and that's it. Um, and it took him a lot longer to get to a place where he was willing to concede that anything else could occur. Her her place was, you know, maybe I just need to get out of this now because one of these days I want to be married, I want to have kids. You know, she's just 24. She turns 25 in um, mm-hmm. at the end of the book, Um well, in, in the uh, exit strategy book, she turns 25. So yet she's still relatively young. You know, he's 33. He's been around a few corners. So right. she's at this mm-hmm. place where she feels like, you know what, i got a few years that I can play. But then eventually, you know, he was so adamant about going in a different direction that she was like, well, you know, you may want that, but one of these days I want this. So... It happens organic. Well, I hope that it seems organic. That it's not something that's forced, because he takes a long time to get to that point. Whereas, you know, she's uh, already there at the end of the first book. Right. So. 
But, yeah, they did want to go in different directions at some point. There was, um, there were some things that I had to write out of order in order to figure out exactly how they were going to get from one point to the next. Um, and that's kind of confusing. Um, I can remember about a month ago, I was looking at this story and I was going, I have no clue how this is going to resolve itself. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, you know, you go through those hills and valleys sometimes in writing, and when I finally began to write them and let their dialogue, let what was happening to them, because sometimes we can get in our own way. And when I was able to let them do this, it flowed a lot better. When you're trying to control too much, sometimes it just doesn't come out right. Yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. This I'm definitely yeah. This I'm definitely well familiar with. Um, yeah. Now, yeah. So that's I mean that's really where that boils in, and you know it it just kind of it 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 just kind of gives me it gives me my own little pervasive view into you know how everything was working out from your end, and you know so mm-hmm. I, I'm I, I definitely understand where you're coming from definitely. Um, now that that being said, I know Shamor wanted to go ahead and try to get into um, get into some of the topics that we were trying to wrap around the actual series as well. And some okay. of them are explosive. Some of them are explosive. I do know that much. Um, some of them not so much. Um, so I guess I'll let Miss Madam go ahead and run through the questions that she had in her head, <laughs> and I'll just sit back and you know do my own little talking points whenever I feel like it. Okay. Okay. Well, you know, I was bringing in because we're talking interracial relationship when we're talking about your um, series. So, I'm, you know, I thought about that, and I thought, you know, you hear people say things in passing, and we know this is not traditional. Everyone thinks this way, but then that's what people do to be politically correct. What do people really say? So. I want to see, when we talk about some of the intimacy and we involve the various uh, races, you know, we're talking about here um, black woman, white male. So um, how or does that play into any of the scenes that you write? Um, the limits are those that are not set. Do you ever factor in any of those things as you're writing the scenes out um, and is it based on how people actually feel when we talk about race and intimacy? You know, are there things uh, that we feel white people do that or black people do that or, you know, does that ever come across in any of your writing? Yes, actually, in the first book, <laughs> there was something that Keisha didn't particularly like to do. It was a hard limit for her. <laughs> she actually, I, ain't say, I ain't saying that. You got to read the book to find out what she's talking about. Yeah, and there was this particular thing. You know, she didn't mind performing the act, but the culmination of the act was a problem for her, if you get what I'm saying. <laughs> okay. So those are some of the things that I threw in there because, you know, um, you know, she would say stuff like, black women don't cower. You know, she's one of those girls who grew up in a hood where, you know, if someone was stepping up in her face, you know, 
she would be right back up in their grill, that sort of thing. But when it came to certain things in the bedroom, she was a novice. I mean, she didn't know about a lot of the things that he taught her. So there were some uh, situations that I kind of colored based on, you know, some of the women I've heard talk about different things. Um, Wow. I know so many people from so many different walks of life, and people have issues with certain sexual mores in society. Mm -hmm. And uh, Mm -hmm. uh, I know for uh, a fact, you know, some women that I've met don't particularly care for oral sex. Some women um, say, you know, that's what white people do. And I'm like, that's what intimate people do in their bedrooms. That's not a color thing, but in some instances it is. Because people. Well, yeah, it was. For me, I had to grow into my um, oral sex both ways. I didn't want it, I didn't want to give it. I had to grow into that. So, yeah, I can believe it. Yeah. And so I tried to bring out some of those things in the book some things that, you know, that might have given her pause. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, there are definitely things that, you know, growing up she felt like this vanilla thing was all there was, uh, and she had no clue that there were so many other things that they could do to make things spicier, uh, to make it a lot more interesting. And I see that in a lot of different relationships. I mean, I have had women tell me, no, that's not something that you do. But then I've had, like, old women from the church tell me, honey, the marriage bed is not defiled. You can do whatever you want behind closed doors, you and your husband. So I'm like, okay, I can get with you, lady. (laughs) Right, right. Yeah. So, you know, I tried to deal with some of those issues in the book, but it was, I wanted to also not offend anyone, and so there was this this uh, balance I tried to to do as far as the story goes, because you know I could have made it more Saturday Night Live-ish or, or more uh, Mad TV or more just really crazy, but I said okay, I need to kind of strike this balance so I won't offend anybody. And, you know, I'll be darned if I didn't still offend some people. Oh, you were going to do that regardless, so you should so long. Right. You should go full board. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, after publishing that first book, it's like you have to get a thick skin because people are going to say whatever the heck they want to say to you. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, so I just, you know, I felt like in exit strategy I wanted to do a little bit more of, you know, what I wanted to do. And so I did some of those things, whereas in the first book I was a little bit more cautious, you know. So it, okay. if, um, if Keisha had been, you know, uh, African-American girl from the South, it would have been even worse. I mean, she would have been this person who really thought that this guy was the devil incarnate. You know, mm-hmm. when he was saying to her, I want to tie you to a St. Andrew's cross and, and beat your back with a crop, you know, um, she would have been like, something is wrong with you. So um, right. I made her a Midwestern girl on purpose because I felt like even though she would have been reticent about doing some of those things, 
I felt like she would be someone who would be willing to explore. We have a caller, and um, this is a friend of the show, so we're definitely in 4th Street. Uh, I believe he's calling in just to make Elijah's day. Um, mm-hmm. but I'm sure he has something to say on the topic as well. Okay. Uh, Area code is three two three. Yeah, on the air. Hey, what's good? What the fuck? Hey, what's good, Mr. Jerome? Hey, what's good? Can you hear me? Oh, yeah, we got yeah, you. Yeah, we hear you. All right. Hey, I like the topic today. No, I didn't heard um, a lot of background in the labor of love, and I don't know when the last time you've been to the South, but you know they're pretty freaky in Atlanta and Florida. And I went to Magic City and Magic City and Nikki's and Ebor City and Tampa. They was doing everything. So, mm-hmm. but you know, you picture a character from the Midwest, but is there like? Something sexy that you could tell us from the book because I, I heard a lot of background and research. I'd like to hear something sexy though. Oh, you want you want me to read an excerpt from the book? Yeah, that would be nice. Okay. Ah, oh, I'm gonna read a little bit from Exit Strategy. I have it open, so let's see what we got here. I just like the way that Jerome can come on and just demand things from our guests. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> just come on and say, take all I can eat. Okay. <laughs> Did y'all hear it? Did y'all hear it? He said, you going to eat your hey. cornbread? That's how he came oh. up. I'll let y'all go on with the research for like an hour. Like, okay, let's get to like where the sexy part at. It's a sexy book. <laughs> where the sexy part I, know I, I, think, I think we all gave okay. Jerome our cornbread and nobody's fighting for it. <laughs> okay, I'm I'm trying to find the, the section that I want to read because it's it's sexy. I'm going to read it for you. Okay. That's right. Okay, this, is, this, this, this particular scene is uh, not in the grotto. It's actually on an airplane. Okay? Um, just let us come prepared. Even on the plane, he has a locking chest that has an abbreviated collection of sex toys in it. I have assumed my submissive position near the foot of the bed rather than next to the door. Tristan has put on music. He touches my chin and I look up at him. The music is to block out ambient noises just in case a crew member needs to come in and service the facilities. I notice while freshening up there are two doors on either side of the rather ornate bathroom, one opening onto the seating area of the plane and the other in the bedroom. To be completely honest, I've missed Tristan and his unique brand of kinky sex. Even though it's only been a month and a half, he's back with a vengeance. Hearing the prop he's holding whoosh through the air, I come out of my head and plant myself firmly in the moment. Before he's even touched me, my sex begins to throb with mounting pleasure. 
hands on the footboard, Tristan says, his voice low and rough. I can feel his eyes on me, but I don't dare turn to see his face. I do as he commands and hold the footboard like I'm holding handlebars on a bike. His hands wrap around my ankles, and he tugs and forces me to spread my legs and lift up my ass. The position exposes me in a way I know he loves. My stomach clenches at this knowledge, and moisture begins to pool between my legs. You get off on being exposed to me like this, don't you, Miss Beale? His tone is matter-of-fact, but his appreciation of my responsiveness touches me. Yes, sir. I smile, then adopt the straight face of the missus again. Ready, he says, more for my benefit than his own. I prepare to feel the sting of the crop on my body, and Tristan doesn't hold back. In short order, my ass stings as though it's been stung by an errant swarm of bees. Just the color of dusky rose I like, he murmurs, and his hands cut my ass in reverence, and then he massages them with a gentle touch. Perfect. I don't want to read more than that. <laughs> All right. Well, you get the gist. Yeah. I All right. I, I got it. <laughs> oh, yep. That brings back a few things. Uh-huh. So are you good now, Jerome? Can we have a cornbread back? <laughs> That's right. You can have a cornbread back. I appreciate you. Uh, all right. Now, do you have any questions for the author? Oh, yeah. No, no, that's all I wanted to hear. I wanted to hear uh, insert from the book. She did excellent. Uh, Appreciate that. Oh, thank you. Well, you got got his approval, and that is worth all the marbles. Oh, thanks. (laughs) So we're going to um, kick you off the line, Jerome. All right. All right. All right, boy, be good, man. Hey, y'all too. And Shakir, uh... Uh, why do you hang up on me? I ain't got no control over that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 so, let me go so, so here is my other question, uh-huh. and I'm just gonna throw this out there because it showed up in my inbox too. Um, if it's about color, if it's about color, is it anything to do with a submission, submissiveness? So I guess the question hmm. is. Is it to be thought that one race is more submissive than another race? That's I mean, uh, my interpretation that, of somebody yeah, else's question. question. Yeah. <laughs> I I um on the first in the first book I remember having Keisha say something to the effect that, you know, they abolished slavery <laughs> during Abraham Lincoln's time. You know, what in the hell are you talking about, man? So, you know, she had issues in the beginning with the whole submissive thing and it had to do with the fact that you know that that uh, path that she comes from um, I think that colored how she felt about it as well and being an African-American woman uh, she 
and he was quick to uh, tell her that it was not about um, the racial issues or being a subservient to someone of a different race. It was just uh, the dominant and submissive thing um, that had nothing to do with um, him believing he was better than her or any of those things. So that was touched on a little bit in the book. And I don't think that there is. I think there are people who are into kink of all colors. And um, there are interracial couples. There are African-American couples and couples of every color in the rainbow who are into it. And, And I don't think it has anything at all to do with the racial thing unless that is a specific kink. Because I understand, and Shakira, correct me if I'm wrong, there are mm-hmm. people who do that kind of mm-hmm. play. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. Yeah, it's, but, it, there, there's no disagreement on this end. Okay. And, and you know, our show is definitely an example that color lines are not, you know, don't denote the limitations because mm-hmm. it's a whole... It's a whole lot of shit going on in our chat room, and everybody is all kind of everything. There are no, <laughs> I mean, it's, yeah, that chat room, yeah, that's what that whole yeah, question. There's no, yeah, there's no pulling, there's no pulling punches in there. That's for sure. No, um, no. And, and, to, and, to and, and people are, people do all kind of stuff in there. So, <laughs> yeah, so exactly. I mean, it, it's not, it's not based on color. So. I definitely agree with what you were saying uh, in, you know, response to that question. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I, to to piggyback off of it, it's, it's, it's really just a matter of, um, I guess for the most part, it's, 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 still a, it's still a conservative nature amongst the African-American community more than anything else. Um, there's the perception um, as opposed to the reality. Um, so when you see, you know, when you see those that that do make the choice and are comfortable with their decision and live that life uh, for the most part, and people are still kind of having to ask questions like they really, like the person grew a third eye or something. And, okay. you know, for the most part, it's just a matter of, it's really a matter of, of progression as, as a culture as opposed to anything else. I mean, there are things that, that we're just now catching up on that have been around for a long minute, but because there weren't enough people to really take that step to kind of bring it into the mainstream is where everything kind of, you know, takes off a little bit late on our end, so to speak. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. there were people who, there were, there were swingers back in the 70s. There were swingers back in the 60s, but it was mm-hmm. so underground. It was so underground and so... So you know, so so not talked about amongst our people yeah. that mm-hmm. you know the ones that did mind that did manage to try and come out. The majority of the time, they were in with they were they were dealing in most of the interracial circuits. They were dealing with mostly the Caucasians and some of the other Europeans and things of that nature because they were more accepted in that world than they were in their own. So now we're in the 21st century. And now we're getting to the point where more of us are comfortable with more of us doing these things as opposed to what it was 10 years ago, what it was 20 years ago, and so forth. Yeah, I, I agree. 
So you're saying that we slow to catch up. Okay. Black folks. Yeah, I mean it's 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 not a matter and it's and it's not a matter of it's not a matter of okay we're too stupid to do it or something like that. That's not the that's not the connotation I'm trying to I'm trying to explain. It's more along the lines of it's a social conditioning that's brought about by a lot of the conservative nature of black folk. We've been we're we're probably the most conservative culture in the United States, bar none, and. There and the reason for that is all rooted within the religious sects that we deal with, for the most part. You know, whether you're Baptist, whether you're Methodist, you know, the whole nine yards—African Methodist, regular Methodist, whatever—that mm-hmm. cult, that culture, and that upbringing, and that social conditioning was good girls don't do this. Yeah, hmm. and yeah. that's that's that. That one statement, that one statement, stigmatized a, a, a whole generation of women, and they were just—it mm-hmm. was just okay. The only thing you need to do is spread, let him, you know, spread and and pop out. That's all you need to do. That's the only mm-hmm. sexual gratification that you need to worry about. Everything else is just yeah. being selfish. All right, and that's true. I I I can't I can't agree with you to an extent on that one. You know, so that's good. really where it boils down to. I was a good now, girl. You know, now we've gotten to the point where the term good girl has a more wider variety and range of connotation than what it was at one time. Right, because now I'm a good girl. I'm just saying. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's really where it boils down to. The, 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 the line is no longer as black and white as it once was. And that alone is its own good thing regardless because of some of the things. Now, it's not necessarily that you got to put your business out on front street. Some folks are comfortable with that. Others, not mm-hmm. so much. Um, <coughs> Excuse me. Okay. Uh, Shakira, the- and, and Shakira, this might be a question for you more than for me. But, you know, Abdul. Hi, Abdul. You know, he he listens to the show. Oh, I know, I know Abdul's out there. Yeah. And his question was, was there a black Plato's retreat? As, as, as you said, a black swingers retreat? Plato's? Plato's? Okay, I'm trying to figure out what he means by that. He said, say that again now? Was there a black Plato's retreat? That threw me because I'm, like, not sure. I couldn't answer that question. So I thought I'd throw it out there yeah. to you. Yeah, trust me. Yeah, trust me. Um, Google is about to be my friend in about thirty seconds. Uh, I know. Yeah, so. <laughs> I've never okay. heard of Plato's. Oh, retreat. never mind. Never mind. I know what he's talking about. It's one of the old swingers clubs back in the day. Um, there, yeah. as far as a black-owned swingers, uh, a black-owned swingers club, I can't say that there are that there are any that I know of. I'll put it that way. There might be some, but I can't say that there out there per se. Um, a lot of the ones that I know, I know there are black-owned dungeons. I know that's a fact because I know a lot of those guys that own those dungeons. Um, but as far as the swinger set is concerned, it is a matter of <sighs> if you if you focus on it being black-owned, you're not going to be in business long. It's sad to say that, but it is what it is um, because of the fact that they're, 
if you cater to just one section of one segment of the population as opposed to trying to widen out your your broaden try to broaden your reach it 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 it, it only lasts but so long um I remember mm-hmm. one that we had down here in Atlanta that tried to cater to just the just the black swinger sect, and I think they lasted about i think nine months mm-hmm. because folks went one time maybe twice. And then they didn't come no more. Mm-hmm. And they didn't tell their mm-hmm. friends. They didn't bring no friends, you know, that type of thing. <laughs> and, you know, and, and that's really, you know, that's really where it boils down to, unfortunately. Um, you just you just get to a point where, yeah, you if you're going to deal in alternative relationships and, and alternative cultures and lifestyle choices, you're going to deal nine times out of ten, you're going to deal in an interracial uh, atmosphere. Yes, there are those areas where you can have a black-only event or you can have a black-only type of, uh, um, God forbid, something something akin to Hedo, you know, because, I mean, even hedonism itself is still not, it's predominant, but it's still you're still going to have your, your, your Caucasian segment that's going to be a Hedo as well. But as far as it being all black set up, it's very rare nowadays because mm-hmm. we we just don't we don't support consistently enough for that person to be able to stay mm-hmm. financially solvent. Okay, so that does does the Gold Club ring a bell for you? Yeah, the Gold Club rings a big time bell for me, but that was not a black club. I know that for a okay. fact. Um, you know mm-hmm. that there was that, that was probably more that was probably more snow than chocolate function. Even though okay, there was see, more, I don't know was, anything about this. I have to go to my my guy in the know, the guy in the loop. Mm-hmm. Oh, I understand I'm that. I mean, before yeah, before they shut down, that was where that was where all of the NBA and NFL uh, players went to um, after games um, during the off season. You know, that place was hopping, not by you know as far as that was, but the 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 guy that owned it was Italian. The uh, the majority of the dancers were white. There was very, there were very few sisters that danced at the gold club, and the reason why was because was because dude already had a very high standard when it came to the way his girls were supposed to look. They could not have, they could not have, uh, they could not have any kind of blemishes on their skin. They could not have any tattoos. The, I mean, you name it. It was, it was something that was marked off the list that that slowly but surely got rid of any kind of women of color. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that was really where it boiled down to. I mean, you know, we, we did our little junkets up to the gold club, and, you know, they, before they, you know, ran afoul of the law and all that other good stuff. But that's, that was the only way that he could get the ballers to come back. He wanted top-quality <clears throat> top quality talent, for lack of a better term, uh, because they did they 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 did other they did a whole lot more than just dance. I I, I can't sit here and say that they did, um, but they were because of the fact that they were willing to do what a lot of the women of color were not willing to do, even as dancers in the industry. Mm-hmm. It lets you know of the conservative nature of black folk and women of color and people of color. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we just got a lesson in 
the places yes. to do the rendezvous. I guess that was. I'm, I'm well, there are, there are definite yeah there are definite <laughs> places. I mean, I, I we've been the we've been the biggest proponent of hedonism that you could possibly imagine. Um, hopefully, we'll we'll get the chance to go down there, even though it's really kind of bored itself silly because you know everybody's kind of done you know kind of been there done that mentality when it comes to that. But you know, there's that and kinking the Caribbean um, and, and a couple other you know a couple other little location and vacation spots and all that other good stuff and whatnot. But well, we have satisfied Abdul. I just want you to know that he's loving all this that. information. I'm good all with this information made him happy. Um, yes, indeed. I had a I had an inbox today, and right. it was um. Somebody that read the information about, you know, this little promo I ran, and um, they wanted to be on the air, but they had something to do. I just wanted to share a little bit of this because it gets into the biracial, um, um, not biracial, but the interracial um, relationship. Um, she mm-hmm. says, I feel like I can add so much to your topic. I'm a Hispanic woman that married interracially. He was an African-American man. She divorced him and married a biracial woman. Um, and at the, she said, at the risk of sounding cliche-ish, um, what she found out is that at the end of the day, it turns out to be about unadulterated love. Um, it was incredibly, she was incredibly happy with her husband, just lonely. And... Um, she said she was greedy when it came to loving. Then she connected with a woman, and then the happiness was unparalleled. She said she's very cautious um, because in telling me this because, oh, the people are alive, so she didn't want me to use her name. But um, she said she feels that because um, she hurt many people to be with her woman, um, and she broke her man's heart that um, because she left him for a woman, that um, he even waited 10 more years to try to get her back. Um, But to no avail, she didn't. She said her karma came, and she had to pay a very high price to be with the woman that she loved. Um, And so my question was, you know, after kind of letting her talk a little bit more, um, I want to know what whatever happened, you know, is she still involved in the relationship? And she said she's been, she and a woman just celebrated their 16th year anniversary. So, um, and that was because I kind of posed the question that I posed, and she felt, in, you know, she felt like she wanted to share um, that the interracial part of it um, isn't the focus. You know, it's about how the love was. She went to a little detail and saying that being with a woman was more um, intimate than when she was with her husband, but that it wasn't about race as much as it was about the intimacy. Um, So that was just to kind of tie into the whole, Uh you know, racial um, or the concept that race plays a part in, um, I guess, the, the taboos and does it 
And I guess when you really yeah. get down to it, it, it it isn't as big a part as the couple makes it. Well, as far as the couple, yes, I can I can definitely understand where they're coming from. Um, it's always going to be the outside looking in that's going to make the bigger deal. Um, we've we, we've already seen it uh, with, with the with the with the phenomenon now that is scandal. Um, yeah. Okay. Got, I pose that question. I ain't get a lot of responses. Yeah. Well, you're not going to get a lot of responses because no one, for some strange reason, scandal has become that, okay, it's been that unwritten, untouchable topic. And I've already been one to, to, I won't say slam the show, but I've gotten to the point now where there, the, the, the hypocrisy and, the, and double standard that came out from that, too much for me to bear, um, especially yeah. when it comes to the, the outside looking in and everybody's losing their minds over if it's a brother and then, He's married to a sister, but then the white girl is to jump off, and everybody's going in on him. But you flip the roles, and all of a sudden, it's white girl is the one being done dirty, and everything's okay in the universe. And mm-hmm. my thing had always been wrong. Obviously, is wrong, but right. don't mm-hmm. sit here. Don't sit here. Don't sit here and hold this woman to some sort of saint yeah. or whatever. You know, almost cold status when right. we had the same exact we had the same exact scenario back in the nineties during the Clinton administration where mm-hmm. you had your jump off, you had the president, you had the first lady, the same situation. The only difference was they were all Caucasian. They lit mm-hmm. the jump off they lit the jump off up six ways to mm-hmm. Sunday for all for for nearly bringing down the presidency. Meanwhile, right, right. twenty years. You know, you fast forward almost twenty years later, and it's okay. Mm-hmm. Where what I miss? <laughs> right, right. Okay, I have got to take this call um, because you know he's late. He don't show up all the time. On time, <laughs> he finally called in. This is our segment where Ron gets to add his personal the fuckery, I mean, um, commentary <laughs> to the, Call to the it show. Call what it is. So, Ron, are you with us? Yes, ma'am. Hey, I go. How are you this evening? We're, I think we're good. I don't know. It depends on what you say next. <laughs> What's going on, brother? What's good with you, baby boy? Everything is good. Everything is good. I had a little, you know what I'm saying, situation, but I put that aside to make sure I was head to head about the gold club and all the fuck of it. Yeah, boy. It's a beautiful thing. <laughs> yeah, it was at the time. I ain't going to lie to you, though. Is that what you called in to say? Is the gold club was a beautiful thing? That's it? Beautiful thing. Beautiful thing. Listen, and listen. Put your listen. ass back on hold. I mean, I started to talk about something else, but but I mean, I mean, strip clubs are the perfect place. I mean, just think about it for for a man and, and for a woman, it's, it's, they're just the perfect place because as a man, you get to be a man around women. And how often do we really get to be men around women? Usually, when there's women around, we putting up a facade. We don't get to be ourselves. You know what I mean? But 
you get to be your, yourself around women. That's a beautiful thing. I don't know. Pardon me. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. This is the same guy that no, puts his hands on his ankles. So, yeah, here we go. <laughs> I mean, you might have a problem being yourself all the time. So, you're right. Now, you know what's funny? You know what's funny? See, that leads me to what I was originally going to talk about. <laughs> I have a, a, a slight acronym for people who say things such as what you just said. It's FOMO. <laughs> Repeat after I'm me. sorry, could you Forward. repeat yourself? Forward. F-O-H-W-I-B. Fuck out of here with your bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Forward. Repeat after me. Forward. I just want to take this moment to say to Val, Val, babe, did you hear? That was a little... um. Uh, cold in there to use the word bull. So you know what comes with that. Whip. You know Lord. what he wants. You know what he asking for. I'm just saying. Little, a little innuendo in there. That's okay, though. Go ahead with what you, what you were saying. I, but I picked no. up on that. You use bull not, for a reason. Like you could have said anything else. It could have been cow shit, but you said bull, so I'm good. Wow. You know what? You know what? I'm, you know what? I'm done. To... I'm done. I don't even know why. I, I knew I was going to need to say. That's why I thought to wait a little while. But no, it, it, it don't make no sense. I'm done. <laughs> see, I would like to. I would like to see a demonstration of that whole bull whip uh, wielding man oh, who was on last week. Sasha. <laughs> Sasha. <laughs> if he can, if he can wield that whip like Indiana Jones. I really want to see that. Yeah, it, he it's actually some a little video bit more footage. Yeah, I got to see if I can find I, – I, I got to hit him up on Twitter, see if I can find that vid that he had up. Um, I can't remember if he put it up on his page or whatever the case may be. I'm going to see if I can track it down for you. If okay. I can, he put it on your – he put it on your invite, too. Yeah, I think he did. I think he did. He I'll did. have to go back to it and see what's up. But, yeah, he, yeah he's, he's, been, he's, been, he's been throwing whips for God. I think about the last seven years or so, as far as that is. So he's gotten pretty adept at it. Awesome, awesome! I want to see that. Oh yeah, no doubt. I'll definitely. I'll hit him up. See, uh, see if he's got anything, and then uh, see if he still got those vids. And if he does, I'll I'll shoot him over to you. That's no problem. Oh, but okay. we were gonna do some um, in the field reporting, and Imaj was gonna go ahead and do some practice on Ryan. My understanding. Well, no, I mean, no, she has to nobody say yeah. anything like that. I don't know why you understand that. That, that that's <laughs> the furthest thing from your understanding. Look, no, you don't have to um, bring. You'd have I to bring your mom. I think that was what was said, and you were down with it because we were going to keep your hands on your ankles so you'd be comfortable. Now that's what I All remember right, just because, going down. Just because you put some bass in your voice doesn't make it right. What you're saying, okay? <laughs> Wait a minute. You, that's what happened. That is exactly what happened. You know that. Don't deny it. Just because you talk with authority Don't do doesn't it. mean it's so. Don't deny it, Ron. Don't deny it. That's what I'm saying. And you liked it. See what I'm saying? <laughs> I'll, see, I worry about Imaj anyway. She has that little, you know, demonic side that she'd probably kill me or something. So, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's 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 no,
there's nothing demonic about me. You jerk. Oh, no. <laughs> and my understanding me. is that once Iman's got a couple practice throws, the professional was going to get the rest of that ass. And that was Val. That's what I remember. Right. Wow. I'm just practicing. I'm... So. See, now, Val, you're talking about something different. You act for Val. The different. The Val's, you know, it's different. experience to talk about. How is she different? She take care of you. She take care of you. She ain't taking, she's not trying to take care of you. Mm-hmm. I promise mm-hmm. you she's not going to try to take care of you. Oh, no, no, she no, no, no. No. Me and I have understanding. Me and I have understanding. Don't you worry about me and I's understanding. Hmm. Okay. Well, all right, Ron. Whatever. Good luck. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> Sam, once we get the cuffs um, with the hands around the ankles, he don't know who hitting that ass, so he might as well just stand there and take it. Okay, I, 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 I don't know how we got in the time machine and went back to last week's show. I don't know how that happened. <laughs> we need to be in the present. You, you know, we need to live in the, in the now. That's what we need to do, live in the now. Oh, we were talking about no. shaking things of that nature. I don't know where this whipping Ronald come from. I don't I don't understand it. I'm like, come oh, with oh, no. Oh. <laughs> I'm just saying. Good. Uh-huh. That's right. Now, I'm the bad guy. Look at that. Really? I'm the bad guy? I'm just saying. That's obvious. I'm quoting the obvious. What I do is the thing. I'm the bad guy. Why do y'all like Ron? Anyway, who likes Ron? Nobody. (laughs) (laughs) Ron, did you have anything um, of any substance to add to the conversation you just called in to... Let us talk about tapping it ass. What, I mean, really. <laughs> and then he's silent. when he gets nervous. Yeah. Oh, Ron. It's okay. See, this that bullshit I was talking about. <laughs> why you had to, to cut me off the line some more? That's not nice. <laughs> you not go. Wow. That wasn't me. <laughs> why you that wasn't me. Oh, that was you. I heard. It's a conspiracy. Val, you have scared him. He ran. He hung up so fast. I didn't even get to tell him that you said you'll see him in June. Is Val on the line? No. She's not on the line. She's in the chat room. She's she's coming for you in June. Listen, I'm here, ready, willing, and able. Uh Oh, talking big. What? I it's archives. It's archives. It's archives. I'm just saying, if if he started calling the police or whatever, it's he archives. Said it was okay. He was ready, willing, and able. I heard it. He was consenting. I might call a lot of people, but you ain't never got to worry about me calling the police. You ain't got to worry about that. <laughs> 
Val said, she hears. Let me read Val's comment right now. She said, I can hear every damn word, and maybe he better bring it. Mm. And she said, how he going to call the police? He'll be gagged. Oh, damn. You know what I'm saying? He's going to let you scream. You don't know what I'm going to be gagged with, though. See, that's what I'm talking about. Oh, 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 that's true. Give me a round. Oh, no. Hey, you ain't going to be able to open up your mouth and say anything. So who you going to say? You know what? Once again, somehow I've become the topic. I don't I don't feel too comfortable with this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I'm she sorry. said I'm she got some balls. She, she, she said she got some balls to gag your mouth with. Oh, I'm sorry, a ball. I'm sorry, it's not balls when it is. This is what I'm talking about. This is what I'm talking about. This is how I'm referring to 
the ankle guy. Oh, man. What's up, Ryan, man? I, I, I don't know. I thought everything was all good. It was all good just a week He's ago. He's again. <laughs> Dude, just, oh. I don't even know what else to say They just trying to right jump now. on you, man? I can't oh, no, no, nobody, no, no, nobody's jumping on nobody. Uh-huh. Well, you know, the you haven't been here in, like, you haven't been here in, like, weeks, so you really can't jump into this. Nah, I'm no, I mean, not, not with this topic. On, I mean, you, you can come on and talk about up. partying, but, <laughs> but <laughs> okay, so, so you know, it's it's nearing that time where y'all gonna get cut the hell off anyway. <laughs> so, um, that we gotta do a quick old wrap up. Um, and Val is still talking to you, um, Ron. Y'all might have to take this on a Facebook post. Um, but would you tell us where we can get your books, uh, LV? Because we're gonna get cut off in a minute anyway. But would you let yeah, us know where we can get? Fifty Shades of Jungle Fever is on Amazon.com, at Kobo, at iTunes, at Barnes and Noble, uh, all the majors um, where you get uh, online books. Um, okay. They are also available in Smashwords and Create. Um, and my blog is Um Facebook, HTTP, uh, that's forward slash, well, Facebook.com slash LVLewis.148, and I am LV underscore Lewis on Twitter. Um, so yeah, check it out And Exit Strategy will be available On October 29th Yes indeed So please feel free to post Any of that information On um, on my page Especially like okay. For your um, book debut So that you know Nobody can forget What we're doing okay. Checking you out Supporting well, Supporting That's what we're doing Okay. And we're going to call it a night. We're going to make sure that um, all of LV's links are posted on my page under her promo. So you can find her promo on my page, and we'll have links there. So LV, feel free to post those links um, on my page so we can put everything out so everybody can find everything about you they need. Okay, and, we'll do. Um, we'll see you guys next week. Um, I don't know if Shakira has something else in store for us or if I Well, have I always have, some... always have something up my sleeve, so I'm going to see what I can <laughs> drop out for next week and all that other good stuff. And, you know, the drill, yeah, same back time, channel, all that other good shit. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, so, again, I don't know what I'll be walking into, but what I do know for sure is that I don't want to see Ron with his hands on his ankles and balls in his mouth. You guys have a great <laughs> evening. Right. And yeah. we'll call it a night. Good night, everybody. Right. Thank Good you. Night. Good night. Fall web. Fall web. <laughs> Good night. I'm out, y'all. <laughs>